What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show. I am Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, and you're at the place where I help you ditch your tolerations, ditch your excuses in favor of having kick-ass, unstoppable confidence. We're glad that you joined us here, whether you're live on the video cast or on the podcast tonight. We have a great show for you, and I'm just going to start off by asking you a question. Are you able to say no to people? Are you able to say no to situations that are not conducive to what it is that you want in life? Saying no is paramount in the fact that we need to be able to grow and prosper from ourselves by saying no to situations that are not conducive to what it is that we want to be doing in our life. So tonight we're going to be talking about that. So I encourage you to take notes. I encourage you to share this episode out. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like and subscribe to this video, like and subscribe to the channel. There's tons of information on here that can move your, your attitude and your life forward and build your confidence. No excuses, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm excited to welcome to the Raw and Unscripted show, Tassios Kotsias. Tassos Kotsias. Welcome to the show, Tassos. Thank you. Hi, Christopher. Hi, how are you? Thank you for uh, having me here. I'm excited. And uh, let's uh, give some value to uh, to our audience today. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Because as, as I was going live, I was like, I want to make sure I do this right. And then I had two different thoughts in my head. No worries. I know it's always challenging a bit, but it's uh, Tassos. Tassos Kotsias. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you being here, brother. And you're all the way over in Qatar, right? Yes, I'm in Qatar. Yeah, closely. The other the other side of the world for you. The other That's side of the good. world. Oh, my God. You might win the contest for being the furthest guest. I've had guests from all over the world, but I, I know you were doing another podcast that I was watching, and the guy said the same thing. It was, I think, And he was in New York. He's like, I think yes. you might be the furthest <laughs> one. And I'm like... <laughs> I don't know. I've had people in New Zealand. I've had people from all over the world, but thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's early in the morning there. It's late at night here. So it's a beautiful thing about technology that we can join each other here. So my first question for you is, 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 is a very simple, but yet a, a, an impactful one. What do you want most to get across to people tonight? What do you want people listening to this and watching this? What do you want them to walk away feeling and knowing about their self-confidence in their, their, their lives? Well, you know, our, our uh, subject today is about um, he healthy boundaries, basically, right? And how to say no. And this is a big issue. This is a very big issue for most of the people, also my clients. You know, it's like I can tell you that 80% of what the discussions I have with my clients, either uh, women or men, it's in the end, it's about boundaries. It doesn't mean if it's personal or on a personal base or on a professional uh, background or a professional setting, family setting, social setting, everything is about really it's about boundaries and of course how to say no. So I'm happy I'm here with you today because this is a big issue and let's uh, get it unwrapped and uh, try to, uh, you know, go deep into it into that uh, replying to your question about what would be the let's say key takeaway takeaways from this today's podcast, I guess it's how uh, people can be can really leave the present because this is very important, you know, when we are setting healthy boundaries. Uh, what healthy boundaries are maybe just to understand because people may not be able to understand what healthy boundaries in. And right. of course, some actions, some tips and some tools on how to literally say no, how we can actually do that, right? What do we need to do that? And what do we need to think physically, emotionally, uh, spirit even spiritually in order yeah, to of say course. Yeah. So tell me, tell, tell me where in your life you learned about setting boundaries, because I know that's one of the most important things that we can do for our own best interest. I just did a TikTok video on this a little bit ago. What, is, what was it for you in your life where you said, hey, listen, I need to set boundaries for myself. Otherwise, I'm going to wind up being a people pleaser to everybody and not to myself. Yes. Well, you know that this is a growing process, right? And this is an ongoing and evolving process because it has it's directly related to uh, 
how the self-confidence that we feel, the confidence that we feel at the specific times of our life. Sometimes we are pumped up, you know, and we are ready to rock and roll, and we are ready to you know to uh, you know, to really, yeah, to really, to really, you know, be there ourselves, our authentic selves. And then we are not scared of anything. We are not nervous about anything, and we can really stand out, stand up there when it's needed in any situation. Sometimes, some other times in our lives, we're feeling a bit down. We're feeling a bit maybe slower. Let's say in a different pace in a different pace maybe we are disconnected with our authentic uh, true self and that makes a, a big difference as well so personally on my personal journey so far i went all to these kind of you know uh, road bumps if i can say right so up and down lows highs and lows highs and lows but um i can i can tell you that my experiences from young especially with um sports and of course, a little bit of the military service because you know I'm Greek and we have to do a mandatory military service for a couple of years. <laughs> so, wow. so all these experiences, all these experiences served a little bit for me to be a little bit more, you know, squared in some things. Sure. And in, order, in a way to uh, set my manners and protect myself in different situations for good or for bad, because you never know. Sometimes, you know, so, sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes even setting boundaries, it's a hard, you have to take some hard decisions. In the end. Oh yeah, <laughs> this would mean that maybe you let people down, or maybe you are uh, you keep distance with people that you maybe you may want them to be around. But in the end, at some point, you have to take these difficult decisions. Mm -hmm. So I mean, when you think about personal boundaries, I know for me that goes back to like knowing my self worth and knowing that I don't have to do everything for everybody else. And I know that comes from a scarcity mindset because in my life was growing up, I thought I learned the secret to my success was if, if I could be exactly who I need to be for you, if I know how to be exactly for you, then I didn't have any boundaries. I eliminated my boundaries because I thought success was being a people pleaser. And then I got to the point where I was so frustrated where I really needed to take a step back and say, wow, I don't have to say yes to everything. I have, I have to say yes to what aligns with my values. And that's what I teach my coaching clients is the fact, what are your values? Like getting back to the root. And I love that we, we go deep on this. I'm not about solving the symptom of a situation. I'm about going to the root. So talk to us about that. I mean, what are some steps that people can sit there and say today that to identify their worthy, their worthiness? Because I know a lot of people out there don't have that worthiness. What can we do to help people develop that sense of worthiness and to eliminate a lot of the, the projections that we had from our parents and from our other caretakers in our life that caused us to have that lack of self confidence wow that's a challenging that's a challenging question right and it's really deep because yeah because you know what our experiences you know as growing growing up as children you know the families social setups schools education culture even in culture you know in Qatar, yeah. as you know here here's a muslim 100%. country it's a, it's a muslim country it's, it's a different setup i grew up in greece it's a, in a more let's say liberal way of uh, of growing up and here i see the kids and i see the families in a completely different mentality so a lot of factors are affecting are affecting our effect on how we gain this worthiness and how we value and how we create our values and our beliefs so we need to work on it we need to work we need to study maybe we need to discuss a lot we need to really identify we need to even meditate right for the people that they are closer to this you know into these modalities and they are uh, feeling comfortable to uh, to reach these spaces right energetically of course right and we're, because we're talking about energy here and energy shifting sometimes you know I, i'm a true believer in this energy shifting inside us in order to be able to really 
identify our values and understand who we are, very important, and then what we want to do and what we want to achieve in the world, etc. So coming back to your question, yes, uh, we need to really get to understand that being a people's pleaser, it will not get us along, it will not get us a long way. It's impossible. Right. At some point, at some point, we will get either frustrated or depressed or or tired or, uh, you know, completely burned out because yeah. this requires a lot of energy. As you said, you know, I try to please you. I try to please my mom. I try to please my wife. I try to please my kids. I try to please my boss. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's draining. It's draining all your energy. So at some point, you will definitely, we will definitely feel burnout. So what, what we can do, we need to look, first of all, I, need, I think the important thing is the self-reflection. We need to look at self, ourselves in the mirror and say, who am I? This is the big question. Who am I? What I want to achieve? What is the legacy I want to leave in this world in the end? Right. And then how how do I make myself happy? How am I happy? Am I happy yeah. to please others? If this is my value, I'm happy to please others. And I'm very, very deep, very I have thought about that deeply. And this is how I connect and this is who I am. Perfect. Fine. It could be this way as well. No judge, no judgment at all. It can be this, but 90%, 95% of the situations, it's not like this. So we need to really reflect on ourselves, first of all, and get this self-awareness in place. I'm mm. sorry, maybe there's, maybe there's a helicopter flying around. <laughs> Tell them to be quiet, Tom. I'm recording a podcast right now. No, I love that. I mean, it's so true. I mean, we have to start with those simple questions, and they might be simple on the surface, but we have to dive deep into that. And, you know, asking ourselves, who am I? And actually, on my other show, The Unfiltered Experience, we just went through a whole series where we talked about that. We talked about our identity. Because so often we think our identity is based on the things that we learned. We know the conditioning process happens between the age of zero and five, right? A lot of our beliefs about ourselves, our worthiness, everything about ourselves, you know, usually happens in that period of time because our parents, you know, usually invoking us, you know, you're stupid, you're ugly, you'll never be this. And then we go through our lives and we find ways to, to validate that. Oh, see, I'm not that good. My parents told me that, or my teacher said I was stupid. My you know, and so we have to break those beliefs and we have to get to the root of who am I? And, and, and not in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a symptomatic way, but in a deep level. And that's one thing that I experienced when I was uh, um, in my early 30s. I went to a funeral and I thought, when, as I was watching everybody eulogize the person that passed away, I thought to myself, if I died tomorrow, who would show up and what would they say? And you were talking about legacy, right? And you think about that. At that point, I thought 10 or 15 people would show up. They'd bring a bunch of alcohol and some Bon Jovi records, and they would talk about all the stupid shit Chris did. Oh, my God. Remember that time he did this? Remember that time he did that? Oh, yeah. He wrote a best-selling book that changed the world. I didn't want the last part of my legacy to be that. And so when I was driving home, it really bugged me. And I thought, who am I? You know, am I that party guy or am I this really, have I, am, I, am I changing? Am I evolving? What can I do to be really known for that legacy that I want to build? So I went home and I wrote my eulogy. And it was a very powerful experience because it taught me to live in that, that space intentionally. Right. And so I had to sacrifice. I had to give up. I had to let go of people that no longer serve me. I had to let go of people who were trying to keep me back because they wanted me to stay with them because misery loves company. And so I love that you talk about that because, you know, so oftentimes we do have to wish people well, 
What is your recommendation for being able to sit there and get to that point to say, you know what, even family, I've had to wish my sister well, you know, sometimes we have to make those tough decisions. What recommendations do you have for people to be able to make those tough decisions? You know, how do you, how do you go through that decision-making process to find, you know, is it in accordance with my values, uh, et cetera? What are some of the recommendations you give your coaching clients to make tough decisions? Before before I go into this question of yours, you will allow me just to share a, a small experience because I sure. was watching I was watching a podcast like a couple of weeks ago with an author of a very interesting book which is called The Power of Regrets. Very interesting book. Oh so yeah yeah yeah, I think I've read it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Dan, uh, Daniel Daniel. Um... Yes, I don't remember his last name. But he's an American Dan guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Uh, Dan so he, Daniel Pink, Daniel Pink. Yeah, exactly. So he I was saying, it. he was saying in the podcast something very interesting. What he just said, and he was saying like, guys, put your put your schedule in place and go to funerals. <laughs> He was mm -hmm. like, he's really, he's like, he's like, go to funerals, get these, you know, whenever something happens, something like that, and you are, you, you need to go, just go, just go, because these opens up a completely different, completely different perception of what you just said, exactly, of who we are, what we want to achieve, right? What do we, which, as you said nicely, which people you want to have around in the end, right? Yeah, <laughs> in the end, yeah, when, this, when, this time, when, when this time comes. So it's very tough. So, so yes, just I wanted to share because it clicked to me when you you just oh, thank you. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So about the uh, about the um, about how to let's say challenge right these beliefs that you asked me how to challenge these beliefs how to challenge this uh, this conditioning right from our parents from school etc. It's challenging. It's difficult, but there are ways. There are ways because you know, first of all, of course, we can need we uh, we can ask for some advice. We can ask for some support. We can discuss with our network. Maybe just our friends in the beginning. Maybe then it's some some someone. Maybe it's more uh, or more of an expert in a subject, right? But then going going deeper to our values and to our beliefs, we need to be open. We need to yeah. be open. We need to be open to receive. We need to be open to uh, receive even feedback. We need to be open to uh, read, to study, to hear, to listen, to feel, to sense what is happening, you know, because unfortunately we are uh, we are growing up a little bit too rigid and we don't have, we're like the horses now that they, they wear this, you know, right and left. The and blinders, yeah. The blinders and they just walk in front and then we don't see what's happening around and maybe opportunities pass. Maybe uh, things for us to grow, to develop ourselves, you know, to go on a different level. Because when we're living only on the physical plane, as we say, the physical level of awareness or the physical level of well-being, we really need to go to go to a mental, emotional and spiritual level. So there are steps that we need to do there. So we can challenge our beliefs. We can challenge our values. We can open up and discuss openly with our friends or with our peers. You know, what do you think about love? What do you think about compassion? What do you think about empathy? What does empathy mean to me? What does empathy mean to you? Because we all have different translations anyway, because of these conditioning, because of these beliefs, because of these values, right? And I will share with you a personal, a personal example and a very personal um, situation, you know, in our family. We have, a, we have a son and a daughter, right? Our daughter, which is Maya, she's seven years old now, she's adopted. So we adopted her from Ethiopia, right? And we adopted her exactly when she was one year and a half. So you said about of this, this, you mentioned about this window 
of opportunities, yeah. I call it, which is literally from one year old up to five, maybe six year old for the kids yeah. to really work on the personality, work on their self-worth, work on their self-image, work on their you know, on their resilience, even the resilience, because for me, resilience is also a very, very important value. Yeah. So we are very, very conscious with my wife, how we can help and if we can support the child, which is not part of our family, it's not our blood, let's say, right? Because right. we say this, how we can support this child with this already embedded experience, even if she was only one year and a half, she was in orphanage, right? So imagine wow. the, the tough situations, because even one year and a half, 18 months old, I'm telling you, I we see, we see reactions and we see behaviors that we're just saying, I'm looking at my wife and say, where did this come from? Where the trauma, the ingrained trauma, yes. right? Yes, and then we need to really be there, you know, to work around it. So, so yes, a support network is very important. Open up, opening up discussions about things that we need to challenge ourselves. But I think the most important is that we really need to be open to the unknown and we really need to be curious. Because in the end, like coaching, coaching is about curiosity. You know, and how you go, you do the right curious questions. It is, it is. And I love it that you shared that. I appreciate that because, I mean, there's so oftentimes we don't realize that, you know, the trauma that could be taking place in utero, you know, nine months while the baby's inside the, the mother, you don't know what kind of stress, all that stuff translates into the into the baby. And then the baby's born. And if there's traumatic experiences like being in an orphanage, a lot of that stuff that fear-based conditioning can come in and, and reside in it even before they can communicate. I mean, the, the studies are amazing. I, I studied child psychology for a while because as I was discovering myself, I kept going back younger and younger because I was like, okay, where do we get fucked up at? And I literally thought it was when we were teenagers. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's probably when we're teenagers. You know, we're kind of be, still being kids. We're trying to go to be adults. And then as I kept digging and digging and digging, they were talking about the, the, the conditioning, the agreements that we make. The agreements that we make is usually between one and five years old. So based on that situation, you said a word in there that I really want to kind of dig into. You said empathy. And, and, and so oftentimes, if we're learning to say no, and if, we're, if we're, we're determining that people aren't going to be in our lives anymore, we're, we're drawing those boundaries, as we talked about at the top of the show. What is your thoughts on, what are your thoughts? What is your thoughts? What are your thoughts on being able to find empathy and forgiveness for the people that wronged us, right? You know, so when we look back on our past and our parents, you know, told us that we were worthless, told us we were stupid and shitheads and all this other stuff. How can we realize that they weren't doing it intentionally? Because back in the days when you and I were kids, what was the, what was the big teaching thing? It was negative reinforcement. It was like, oh, nobody's ever going to love you if you're fat. So they, they tried to, they tried to scare us into, into doing something to change when they realized that they were actually, they didn't realize that they were actually making things worse. I've seen so many people have to rewrite those scripts that their parents told them because their parents didn't know any better. They didn't have Google and YouTube, but they didn't have all the resources that we have today. What are your thoughts on for people to be able to sit there and say, I am worthy. I am, I am, I am love. I am peace. And I need to find a way to forgive and have empathy for my parents for they didn't know. What are some steps that you would recommend to people listening and watching right now to find that empathy and forgiveness for perhaps themselves, maybe some things that they've done, but especially <coughs> for people who have wronged them in the past so they can stop blaming and they can start having that curious mind, like you said, having that open mind to be able to say, today is a new day. Today is, you know, the whiteboard is erased and today I get to write my beliefs. What are some recommendations for that? Yeah. Let, letting go is one of them, right? And letting go is very, I know it's, it's, not, it's, it's not easy to do. It's no. not easy to do, but you know the weights that we the weights that we carry, 
it's heavy. All these weights yeah. are very heavy sometimes, right? So we need to identify that and we need to fly. So how can we fly? How can we fly? We can only fly if we don't have the weights. It's like the hot air balloons, you know, that they are, they are when they are grounded, they grow where they have the anchor and they have these big sands of bag. Imagine, you know, this, uh, you know, especially in the past, holding them down. So you need to let go. You need to get to release all this in order to really fly. And then, of course, it's really it really depends on if you're willing to change, right? Are we willing to change? Because if we're not willing to change. If we're not willing to change, whatever uh, you, Christopher, me, Tasso say to someone as a coach, let's say, you know, it's not that it's not going to happen. <laughs> it will yeah. never happen if the individual is not ready to change. If the individual like is, yes, of course, if the individual is not ready, you know, to take these hard uh, choices for himself, first of all, or for, for herself, then nothing, nothing will happen. And of course, re regrets. We mentioned that we discussed about regrets, right? Regrets is a big thing. We all make mistakes. You said about, yeah, the mistakes of our fathers, the mistakes of our grandparents and all that. Yeah, of course. What about us? We make mistakes every day. Oh, yeah. I'm so, made of shit love. So how, how, can, how can we manage our mistakes first? How can we can forgive ourselves first? And then we go and forgive our fathers and our parents and our grandparents and the society and the politicians and, this, and all the rest that we, oh, we are boy. there to. That's a long list. Yes, we are there to blame. So for me, yes, it's how we manage regrets. Very important for ourselves, first of all. Because if we learn how to manage our own regrets, then we can forgive also others. Then we can see and accept that, yes, that these are human beings as well. And maybe they, are, they were coming maybe from a place of love sometimes. But as yeah. you said, maybe they didn't know. This is what they knew. They, they didn't have the education. They didn't have the, the resources, maybe. You know to support us but was love there or not because if love was not there then we have a deeper issue mm -hmm. then we have a much deeper issue right if love was not there if love was there then it's a little bit easier then it's a little bit easier and we need to, we need to identify that that's true it's true and i love what you're saying here because i mean for me you know empathy and forgiveness were huge for me i was uh, you don't know if you, i don't know if you know my story but I'll, I'll give you the the nutshell version of it at 13 years old in the seventh grade i became homeless and for four years i lived in a station wagon um i tried to kill myself twice unfortunately i sucked that i went through a lot of tough stuff and my mother didn't make the right decisions she didn't put me first she put her animals first she put herself first and so there was anger and animosity towards her there was resentment in a in a certain aspect not not overwhelming like my sister my sister like hated my mother and thought that she should be dead i just i didn't understand i was like why couldn't you put me first i'm your kid like i should be the most important person in the world aside from yourself and so as i've gone on my journey i drank to avoid it you know i did other things to avoid it but then it occurred to me as i was writing my book i've actually been writing my life story for the last three years and i thought about it i'm like how can i find empathy and forgiveness for my mother you know, because she would tell me I'm doing the best I could. I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing the, doing the best I can. And she told me that when I was born, she was going to place me for adoption. And I asked her when she told me that, she told me that in my 30s. And I said, why didn't you? And she said, well, when I, you were born, they, they passed you to me and they said, do you want to see him? And so I said, sure. And so they laid, me, laid you on my chest and I just looked at you and I said, it's just you and me, kid. And that's actually the title of my book. It's just you and me, kid. And so when she said she did the best with what she could, okay, I'm like, how can I, how can I find that to be true? Because I personally didn't think she did the best that she could. I'm like, you, you, you had 18 cats and four dogs in a car instead of your kid. You didn't put your kid, you didn't feed your kid first. You fed the cats first. And so it had dawned on me, if I had gone through all the experiences that my mother did, 
being raised by, you know, young parents back in the 40s. She was born in 1942. What was going on, Chris, in 1942? There was a world war. There was there was the Great Depression. There was all these different things that are going on. Women weren't, you know, treated as equal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If I had been born at that time to those young parents who got divorced at four, she was four years old and gone through all of the experiences that she did, might I be like her? And at first, Tassos, I wanted to say no, 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 no. I would not have been like her because I would have seen what other people were doing and I would have said no. But I'm like, yeah, I would have. If I would have been her, those were the experiences that she needed to have. And those experiences that she had created the experiences that I needed to have for me to be the person that I am today. I wouldn't be the person I am today if I had everything easy. I would probably be some fuck up. I would probably, because I was going downhill at the age of 13. I started doing drugs and I started fighting. All my life, I was bullied. I was picked on. I was beaten. You know, so when I became 13, started becoming a man, I was like, F this shit. And I was like, I'm going to start punching people. And so I think, and I really believe this. I don't even think, I believe that if I had a normal childhood, I probably would have been worse than having that experience. So I found appreciation and, and thanks for all the experiences that I had that were rough, I wouldn't want to go back and repeat them, but they helped me become the person I am today because you said that word, open. I've always been open. What can I do to learn? How can I take responsibility for this? And I've immersed myself in books and, and coaching and masterminds, et cetera, et cetera, because I've always been hungry to find out how can I be the best person that I can be for myself? And so that's the way I found that empathy and forgiveness. But one of the questions I want to ask for you when we're thinking about this is the negative self-talk, right? You know, like you said, being open and everything else, but so oftentimes our own worst enemy is is the conversation that we're having up in here. Oh, I always screw up. I'll never find the relationship, et cetera, et cetera. What do you advise people to change that negative chatter that's going on in their head to literally rewrite the belief system that they have for themselves so that their opportunities can shift and they can see things as opportunities rather than problems? Yeah, negative talk. Negative talk is another big one. Another big one, unfortunately, yeah, because our brains are wired like this and out of even out of nature, you know, our brains are wired, you know, to protect us. Our brains are wired to make us feel safe and comfortable. And usually we are always for like thousands of years now, we are wired how to protect ourselves from a negative situation, from a threat. Right. So right. when we are wired to, to protect ourselves from a threat, we have to think negatively and we're thinking negatively. Oh, what what will I do if this happened or what this will happen? And I need to do something. I need to protect myself. I need to protect my family. And what if this happened? And what if the, what if this and what if that? Right. So we always think mm-hmm. negatively, unfortunately. So this is very difficult to rewire. However, however, this is part of the evolution. So this is what I was discussing before about the physical, the mental, emotional, and spiritual, right? If yes. you're thinking, if you only, if we're, you, if someone is very strong mentally in on the mental processes, then I have to say that 90%, it will be really negative talk there. But if yeah. someone starts thinking more with a heart, more emotionally, and they are starting connecting also spiritually or starting connecting with other other uh, people you know other uh, other even the nature let's say on a different level then this negative talk slows down and it's mindfulness here mindfulness can play an important role here and i'm not talking about meditation or you know these more advanced practices you know i'm talking about mindfulness mindfulness being right. the present you know i'm here in a, in a garden actually right this is a uh, real Beautiful. Setup. so what I, I just thought here is that okay i go and i smell the flower this is mindfulness it's not about yeah. meditation you know 
what makes you feel nice? I walk, I walk just barefoot on the grass, for example. Walk barefoot mm -hmm. in the grass. This immediately calms down the, the negative talk because it connects us with our source. It connects us with the, the nature. This is our source, the nature. You know, so the more we are connected with the nature, with the earth, with the people that we love, the less negative talk we have. And this is something that we need to think every day, every minute, every minute, every second of our lives, of our days, you know, from the morning we wake up until the evening when we go to bed, you know, and we close our eyes and we say, now I need to sleep calmly. I need to sleep, you know, peacefully and I need to get some rest. I, I know, of course, it's not easy. It's hard days. We have hard days. We have challenging uh, uh, tasks, you know, every day. We have to run here and there. We have to make a living. We have to protect our kids. We have to to make, uh, to make to work and make some money, you know, to feed our families. It's not easy. It's not right. easy. But once we start working on this shift, magic happens. It takes time. Yeah, of course it takes time. Nothing happens from one day to the other. Mm -hmm. Right, but it's an ongoing process. It's it's an evolution, and I am really appreciate your story, and I really appreciate your experiences there. Because as you said, had you gone, had you gone through these very challenging uh, situations yourself, oh, yeah. you you wouldn't be the person that you're now. You see what you said? Mm -hmm. This is what you said. So this is this is always some spiritually. If you think of it spiritually, maybe this is why we are here. Because we need oh. to go through a specific journey in order to really identify ourselves, help other people, share love, have impact, create, whatever is our mission or whatever is our values and our mission in the end. It's so true. It's so true. Actually, I have a tattoo. I'll, I'll try to show you right here. It says, it says, what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. Exactly. Because I literally got to that point in 2016. I was going through a very, very challenging time in my life. And I always say every day is a new day and what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. I'm not a very religious person. I'm a very spiritual person. I've become that way, but I've just always had the, the perspective. Like every day we wake up, that's kind of an awakening. That's a brand new day. Yesterday is not physically there. It's just, it's electrical energy in our brain. Tomorrow isn't here. We don't know if it's going to come or not. So I love how you talk about being in the moment and being that, that grounded and, and being aware because for me, it's about gratitude, right? When I sit there and I look at, I'm grateful for this challenge. Because when have I learned and grown the most? When we look back on our life, when have we learned and grown the most? When things were easy or when things were challenging? Joseph Campbell talks about it in The Hero's Journey. Are you familiar with Joseph Campbell? Yes. The Hero's Journey? Yeah, anybody watching this or listening to this, I encourage you to go to YouTube and type in Joseph Campbell, The Hero's Journey. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, exploration of how we go through the, the peaks and the valleys, the peaks and the valleys. I mean, if we want to go and see a beautiful vista, what do we have to do? We have to climb. We have to climb and we have to sweat and we have to get dinged up. And once we get to that vista, we go, boy, this was worth it. Look at how beautiful this is. And the same thing applies to life. And I, I love your, your perspective on that. Like stop and smell and be present because for me, it's gratitude. Finding gratitude in the challenge because the challenges are what make us who we are today. It's not the easy stuff. So when we're in this challenge, we can ask ourselves a question. I love asking questions is like, what am I supposed to be learning from this? Instead of like, why does this always happen to me? And God damn it, this fucking sucks. And you know, everybody else is doing that. And you know, we compare ourselves and we have that, that, that belief system. Like, when am I going to get mine? And I do that too sometimes. But if I could just sit there and say, wow, I'm so grateful for all the experiences that I'm having, because I know that life is happening for me and not to me. And I know that everything that's happened 
and everything that's happening is preparing me for what's next. And I can look back on my life and think, okay, when I started my corporate career, I went through some challenges in different jobs. I was in construction, I was in telemarketing, I was in fast food, I had blah, 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 blah. But all of those experiences, once I got into corporate, helped me with customer service, helped me with communication, helped me with sales. The, all of that shit prepared me for that. What was next? Everything that happened in corporate has prepared me for what's happening now. And so when we shift that perspective, like what you're talking about, it's not going to be easy, but the other side of it, it's going to be fucking worth it. And that's what I tell people. No, it's not gonna be easy. It took you 50 years to get here. It took you 40 years to get here. It took you 60 years to get here. Give it a little bit of time. And I tell people, give it three years. If you're serious of, like you said, being open and you want to change and you're, 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 you're eager about that adventure and you're eager about that exploration, especially now with Google and YouTube and ChatGPT, there's literally no excuse not to be able to go out there and find the information, find the videos, find people who have done it before. You know, success leaves clues so we can actually go back and re repeat what other people have done. There's so much information out there. There's literally no excuse, but you said that key point, that key important situation in Tassels is the fact that we have to be open and ready and willing. And to change that negative conditioning and that negative self-talk, I give these, I give people this advice, eliminate two words from your vocabulary, always and never, always and never. I always screw up and I never do. No, that's bullshit. Because when you tell yourself that your reticular activation system in your brain goes, oh, see, I did it again. Oh, see, I did it again. Oh, there I go again. See, I am stupid. See, I do fuck up every relationship. But instead, if we could sit there and say, what am I supposed to be learning from this? And, and is, this, is this getting me closer to or further from my stated goal? And that's another powerful question. When we're about to make a decision, we're, we're staying in a relationship that's not conducive to what it is that we're, we're supposed to be really deserving in life. Is this getting me closer to my, my stated goal of being happy and finding inner peace and finding true love? No. Okay, what decision do I need to make next? I need to have a conversation. I need to get counseling. I need to get help. And if that doesn't work, then I need to leave the situation. What do you think about questions? What are like some key questions in your life, perhaps that you've asked yourself or that you ask your coaching clients that get them to have that bigger, that bigger shift? I love questions. I, I would share with you an exercise that I, I usually ask my first time clients to do. So I'm happy to share with you with our audience because it may really help their lives. It may really shift their lives, make this shift what you're talking about. Right. So, and, and by the way, parentheses, the always and the never words that you mentioned is basically the words that determine how depressed we are. Really, because yeah. if, if we, as you said nicely, if we always, if we always say always or never, right, and we're wired every day with these two notions, always or never, that means that we are completely depressed. We are already depressed yeah and if we are not depressed we're going that way fast so i agree totally with you we need to eliminate the always and the never now coming back to the uh to the exercise so the exercise is as follows it's very simple but very hard at the same time at the same time so let's say that you have a one piece of paper you know and you split it in two so on the left side of the paper depending how you're writing, because if you're a Arab or Chinese, you write from right to left. Yep. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. You see, we have to be open. <laughs> so yep. so, so uh, you, you, on the on the on the uh, one part of the on the of the page, you start writing after some thought, after some, you know, uh, um, uh, some time uh, being alone, you start th writing what you think are the most important things for you. 
So for example, maybe it's something about your family, maybe it's something about yourself, your self-care, for example, maybe it's something about your profession, your career uh, and promotion, whatever it is, with, with something that you need to write a book, for example, or you need to you know to learn a, a, a martial art or something, whatever it is, the, what this could be. So you, you write there and you say, okay, number one, most important thing for me is X, Y, Z. Number two, number three, number five. Maybe you write 10, 15, 20. Try to narrow them down to, let's say, five. We don't yeah. really need more. We don't really need more in our lives. And you know the Pareto 80, 20. Yep. The 80, 20 anyway. Uh, uh, um, meaning so let's work around that so let's sure. say we have five we end up with five most important things that if we change they will create a big impact in our lives a big shift now the challenging part on the other side of the paper next to each of these five uh, important uh, things for us we have to write the why yeah oh yeah so Love why the why, why is this important? Why is it important for me to write a book? Why is it important for me to go on this uh, one year, let's say, uh, uh, journey around the world? Why is it important for me to climb uh, Mount Everest? Why is it important for me, you know, to find the most loving wife on earth? Why is it important for me to uh, raise my kids, you know, as per my values and my beliefs? I don't know what to go for them to the university or have a master's degree or whatever, you know? So why? Because the why is really the challenging part. Because right. if we know, if we know the why, and we, you will discover, and I'm doing that on a, let's say every maybe six months, right? So I go back and reflect, and I say, okay, mm, is this why still there, or should I change this? Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. I, is it still the most important thing for me, or should I change? You know, this is a constant uh, assessment that you need to do. So once you have the why in place, then you have the focus. When you have the focus, the energy goes there. And the energy means your time, your investment, your money, your uh, boundaries, coming back to the boundaries. Right. <laughs> because then it's clear to you what is important and why it's important. So this is where boundaries come in place perfectly just to connect it with our original introduction here. I love that. I love that. And, and, and what you're talking about. And uh, I just want to acknowledge everybody that's in the house. We got Robert in the house. We got Serena in the house. We got my beautiful friend Mary Kay in the house all the way from Canada. Thank you guys all for being here. I know we got some other people watching and listening who haven't commented, but thank you guys all for being here. And you know what you're talking about is so so important because I tell people the simplicity and the complexity of when you have a big enough why, you have a big enough how. And that what we need is leverage in our life. Leverage causes things to move. When you look at a big rock, we've seen it all in the cartoon. You need a big rock, you can't just push it, but what do you do? You go get a big, a long lever, and then you can move that rock. And that's the same thing in life. When you have that leverage, you can change what it is that you're doing. And I've had so many people tell me like, Chris, you know, that sounds easy for you. You know, you, you're, you're Chris, you know, you're always so positive and you're always so this. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not actually not. And I've gone through hell to get to this point in my life. I've read thousands of books. I've watched thousands of hours of YouTube videos. I've had multiple conversations with people. That's why I do have the reason why I started broadcasting 10 years ago and doing interview shows was, oh, wow, I could spend an hour talking to really intelligent people and ask them questions on what it is that they do to get successful. And so I've invested that time and energy. And so many times people tell me, well, Chris, I'm doing the best I can. And I'm like, is your best really your best? And that caused me to actually look in, look within myself years ago, probably about six or seven years ago now, it's time's flying. 
I came back from work. I used to be in corporate, much like yourself. And I came home from corporate and I was putting my keys, and my wallet up on my dresser. And I talked to myself out loud. I think it's a great idea because my outside voice is usually smarter than my inside voice. And I've literally found that out. Like the outside voice was like, Chris, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, really don't be stupid. My inside voice was And so I, I literally said out loud, I said, I did the best I could. Or no, actually I said, I said that inside. I said, well, I did the best I could. And my outside voice said, really, Chris? And I swear to God, really, Chris, that was your best? Like if somebody had a gun to your head, was that, was that really your best? If you had a camera crew following you around and you were trying to demonstrate your best, was that really your best? Or are you just trying to give yourself a get out of jail card? Because again, going back to that childhood conditioning, Tazos, did you do the best you could? Yeah, I did. Okay, we'll do better next time. That's all we heard. Chris, did you do your best? Yeah, we'll do better next time. It's like nobody ever quantifies or holds us accountable to say, okay, what was, what was your effort here? What are some things that you can do different to become your best? And so I challenge people, when you think you're doing the best you can, if you had enough leverage in your life, then would things change? Would things be different? And sometimes that's why we have to hit rock bottom. We have to hit that rock bottom because now we've got enough pressure. Now we've got enough overwhelm. Now we've got enough stress in our life to say, I can't do this anymore. And one of the other questions I invite people to consider is, when will I have had enough? When will I've had enough? And I talk to people all day, every day, coaching clients, prospective coaching clients. And they're like, you know, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And we talk about tolerations or the same things as boundaries. And like, when will you have had enough? Well, geez, Chris, that's a great question. I'm like, you're going to get there. It may take six months. It may take six years. But eventually, if you do not change what it is that you were doing, you will have had enough and you will blow up. And then you'll look back on your life and go, wow, six years ago, I could have changed this shit, but I didn't. And so I invite people to find that leverage and I'll give you a quick example. And I'm going to ask you a question about that. So I had somebody wanting to coach with me recently and I told them what it was to work with me. And they said, oh my God. And I said, well, wait a minute, let me, let me ask you a question. If I asked you to go out there and raise $10,000 in the next seven days and it can't be illegal, immoral or unethical, I said, would you do it? And they said, oh my God, Chris, if I had $10,000, I could work with you. And I said, okay. I said, who's the person you love the most in your life? My son, I'll give you an example that was recent. What's your son's name? Doug. How old is Doug? Nine. On a scale of one to 10, because I like to quantify things and you can never pick seven. You can never pick seven. On a scale of one to 10, how much do you love Doug? 10. How much would you be willing to do for Doug? Would you take a bullet for Doug? Yes. Okay. Now I'm going to go dark. And I was telling this to this person. So I'm going to go dark because sometimes things change. We get a cancer diagnosis. We get a diabetes diagnosis. I've, I've seen it current current time with people I know somebody just got a diabetes diagnosis and they're changing all of their stuff. And I'm like, all you had to do was change that shit a fucking few years ago. And you wouldn't be almost having an amputation. So I said, I'm going to go dark. When you come home tomorrow, you're going to walk in the door and Doug's going to be sitting on a chair right in the front door. It's like, okay. And I said, standing next to Doug is going to be a gentleman that you do not know who's going to have a nine millimeter pistol pointed at Doug's head. And he's going to look at you and he's going to say, you need to raise $10,000 in the next seven days. It can't be illegal, immoral, or unethical. I said, now, madam, what do you do? And every time I get this, I would do it. And I'm like, okay, what would you do? I would sell this. I would ask for this. I would do a GoFundMe. I would do blah, 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 blah. Solution, 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 resource, resource, resource. And I said, okay, what shifted? You just told me five minutes ago you couldn't do it. And now you're finding the leverage. You, you, would, you would do it. You would sacrifice. You would go out there and give your blood, sweat, and tears. Talk to us about that. When people say they're doing their best, Tassos, what can we do to inspire them to, to dig deeper, to find that inner warrior within themselves to say, you know what? I can do more. I can do more. I can do more without obviously grinding themselves into a pulp. 
but what are some recommendations to get people to ins be inspired to find that leverage before they hit rock bottom? Yeah, Christopher, thank you for saying this. It was a very powerful example of what you just gave here. Very, very powerful. Some thank people you. don't like it. Some people get mad at me, but I don't care. <laughs> no, this, this is very powerful. I appreciate that. Look, doing the best, doing the, the best we can is uh, directly connected with what we discussed before about what is the most important thing for us. As you said, you know, is the most important thing you, uh, in your life, your son and your uh, the life of your son, then you have to read, you have to do it. So in the end, if it's about health, for example, you know, we have the example of, you know, oh, I cannot lose weight. I'm overweight. How I can do that? I cannot do it. I go to the gym and it doesn't happen and all this. So who's the who's to blame there? Is the trainer? Is it myself? Maybe it's my self-discipline. Yeah. Maybe it's my self-image. Maybe it's that I don't put the effort, right? So what it is, what is it, what is happening there? So it's once we have identified, that's why we need to do this exercise and identify really, really, really what is the most important thing. Because when we really know that deep down inside our hearts, then we will do the effort. Then we will put the effort. Otherwise, we will not put we will not put the effort. It's very clear to me. So this is that's why I shared this exercise, right? Because it can really give value. It can really give value, you know, to the uh, to the audience and to the listeners and to the, uh, the attendees of this show, right? Because once we start working on ourselves on that level, then things shift. Then things shift. And then we say, okay, now I know what I need to do. And then we find the how. Then we go and raise them and this money that you mentioned. Then we go and we start start searching what is happening, which resources we have, and what we can use. Right. Then we are becoming curious about this. I think this is the answer. I think it's uh, it's simple, but at the same time, as we said, very challenging. But once we reach there, <coughs> because you said you mentioned about health, right? So what do I need to do? Do I need to have a, a knock wood, a heart attack? Right. Before I change my habits, before mm -hmm. I change my nutrition, my diet, my uh, exercise, my the, the 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 place that I live, the breathe the air that I breathe, because so sooner or later, sooner or later something will happen, something will happen. So if we do, if we don't do it ourselves, right? You 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 want to call it the universe, you want to call it God, you want to call yeah. it whatever, it will come. And it will oh, put yeah. us in a put us a place of judgment. Yeah, a judgment <laughs> saying, look, guys, now it's your time. Now you have to decide. You couldn't decide by yourself so so far. Now you need to decide. Take yes, a pick. <laughs> so I mean it's Make so true. Choice. I mean, I literally just had that experience myself. I've I've talked about that my goal in life is to live long enough to see my son get married and have kids or whatever life choice he makes. My son is gonna be seven years old at the end of the month. I'm gonna be fifty-five next. February. So I started off late. So when I do start doing the math, it's like, wow, I got to live another 20 or 30 years in order to make that happen. And I want to be there. I mean, on a scale of one to 10, 10, but then I realize, and for the most part, I'm healthy. You know, I, I go through ebbs and flows sometimes where I eat a little bad or I drink a little more. And it was a couple of weeks ago when I sat there and I was, I was taking a drink and I was watching a video. It just popped up on my YouTube because things pop up when, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. Exactly. And it was Andrew Huberman was talking about the impacts of alcohol on your system. And so I thought, let me watch this. And he was talking about acetyl alcohol, blah, 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 and how it is poison and how it's like the number one cancer causing thing. And I was like, wow, everybody in my family's died of cancer. And as I'm taking a drink of this vodka and orange juice with a little seven up, it's so good. 
um i was like i'm literally pouring poison into my body in one hand and on the other hand saying i want to live another 30 years that's 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 a that's hypocrisy, Chris. That's stupidity, Chris. You sit there and preach to people. And so I decided to quit drinking. I've quit drinking before, but I always have an end date. Like I'm gonna quit drinking for three months, I'm gonna quit drinking for 75 days, whatever. So I just decided I'm gonna quit drinking with no end date. Now I don't think I'm gonna quit drinking for the rest of my life. I I may or may not, but I know for right now I've quit because that's the bigger why. And I think that's the leverage we need to have. Man, I could talk to you for hours. We've already been going for 47 <laughs> minutes. I want one more question to ask you. Um, and I want to talk about this before we wrap up. You know, you talk about the heart method in, 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 a, in a few minutes. Talk to us about what that heart method is, because I, I love the acronym and I love what it means to what you provide for your coaching clients. Uh, thank you. Thank you for giving me this chance, uh, Christopher. So, yes, the heart method is, uh, as you said, an acronym, which comes from the uh, comes from the <clears throat> from how a person, individual can become holistic, empowered, accepted resilient and transformed in the end because for me and if you if you during my journey <coughs> i've developed these values as my, for myself as well i've discovered that these values are also important and so that's this is what i want to pass also to my clients you know how they can become holistic on an everyday on their on their lives every day and what it means holistic means physical mental emotional spiritual social financial you know all this together how this holistic approach and holistic uh, routines and habits and actions on a daily basis can provide them the empowerment they need, the, <clears throat> how they can become empowered through that so that they raise their self-confidence, they raise their self-esteem, they raise their self-worth. Because once they do this, this is reflected to the outer world. This is radiated to the other, other world. So people around them, and first of all from themselves, they will start feeling the acceptance they will start feeling that yes they are accepted yes they are recognized yes they are appreciated for mm -hmm. who they are for what they are doing and then one builds on the other once you have empowerment with acceptance then resilience is coming because what is what resilience means it means how we can endure hard situations challenging situations yes in difficult times you know for long term this is the definition of resilience in the end so do we want that or do we don't want that if we want that we need to go through this process mm -hmm. right? if we want that we need to train in the gym for 10 years if we want that we need to uh, to write uh, to read 1000 books if we want to achieve something if we want the resilience we need to be disciplined and we need to wake up at five o'clock in the morning or six or seven whatever someone wants to achieve <coughs> excuse me and do the things do the things that they want to do and then through these these all these steps being holistic getting the empowerment the acceptance receive the acceptance and becoming resilient transformation comes yes so so that's it basically so then you're looking at on yourself and you say okay i started here and i have reached there right and this journey was it satisfying journey of course it's a transformation you know so this is what we want to achieve for every person and this is my mission right as well you know through uh, throughout these years have discovered this is my mission how can i support because i was going through this journey and i'm still going through this journey how I can also serve and provide, give impact and, you know, and bring value uh, to the world. Tazos, I love you. I think it's, uh, we've had an awesome conversation tonight. We could talk forever. Um, I want to respect everybody's time. I try to keep the show to under an hour, but where can people get a hold of you to, to continue the conversation, to learn more about your coaching and, and to learn more about yourself? 
Uh, they can find me on my website, which is basically my name. Thank you for uh, showing that. It's uh, uh, T-A-S-S-O-S-K-O-T-Z-I-A-S.com, TassosKodzias.com. Right, and of course, there's social media, LinkedIn profile, all the profiles are there. And uh, so I'll be happy, I will be happy to reach and I'll be happy to offer also to your uh, listeners a 30 minutes uh, free consultation call or free discovery call, uh, name it, uh, they can name it however they like. You know, they basically, it's, you know, get to know each other, get the chemistry. And maybe this one, this half an hour call can really shift their lives because I've seen th- I've seen things happening. I've seen magic happening even in fifteen minutes oh, with yeah. the training, with the <laughs> with the, with the discussion basically, or with the coaching discussion. It's so true. I've I've given out complimentary coaching sessions as well on podcasts. I've been interviewed <laughs> at, and I did do it do it out of the goodness of my heart. I know sometimes it converts to a coaching client, but in the same way, I see people like have that aha moment, and I send them off. You know, they maybe can't afford the coaching, but I see them have that transition. So I. I encourage all you guys listening and watching. I'll put make sure it's in the show notes. Um, you guys can reach out to him and, and have that exploration because when you take action and you start telling God, source, universe, whatever you believe in, um, that I'm ready, the teacher appears and here is uh, the teacher. So Tazos, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to put you thank backstage you. for a second. Don't go anywhere because I still want to have a chat with you. I'm just going to end out the show real quick and then I'll be right with you. Thank you, sir. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. If you came into this broadcast halfway through, go back to the beginning. I promise you, we start fresh right off talking about boundaries and throughout the entire conversation is, is all about ending your limiting beliefs, how to change your perspective from being a victim to being a victor. All of that is your choice. Wherever you're at in your life, if you decide to continue to bitch, piss and moan, hope, wish and pray that someday, show me where someday is on a calendar, ladies and gentlemen, that someday something's going to change. I encourage you to shift your belief now and ask yourself that question. What am I supposed to be learning from this? How can I grow from this experience? What do I need to let go of that is not aligned with my bigger why? Tazos talked about that. What's your why? When you have a big enough why, you have a big enough how. Again, if you get a cancer diagnosis tomorrow, what are you going to do? You're going to continue to drink alcohol and eat bonbons? No, you're going to start looking like, what do I have to drink? Oh, vegetable juice or protein shakes or, or you know, whatever it might be. You have to have that leverage in your life now. Otherwise, what are you going to have? Regret. Regret. There's a book out there, The Five Regrets of the Dying. I should get a fucking dollar for every time I recommend this book. I'd be a millionaire. The Five Regrets of the Dying. It's a hospice nurse who sat with people who were dying, and she determined that the number one regret of the dying was that. And they're looking back on their life. They're dying. They literally have no more tomorrows necessarily. And they realize, I lived the life I was told to live. I lived the life I thought I was supposed to live. I didn't live the life I wanted to live. I didn't take that chance to go after my dream. I didn't take that risk to end that relationship that I knew was not in my best interest, but I continued doing it. You ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls have that choice right now. Is it easy? No, no, fuck no. It hurts. It sucks. But guess what? Envision yourself three years down the road. Oh my God, Chris, three years, really? Yeah. If it's taken you 40 years to get here, perhaps you can invest three years to go on the other side of all this. If I leave this relationship, if I leave this job, if I start my business three years from now, I can look back on this and go, that was the greatest moment of my life. When I got let go from my corporate job, November 7th, 2019, I was crushed. And now I look back and I'm like, it was the greatest gift ever. Was it easy? No. Was it challenging? Yeah. I had to go through identity crisis. I had to figure out who I was again. I had to really get serious and honest with my own advice and say, Chris, this is happening for you. 
not to you. This is your time to fly. Do not look in the rearview mirror going, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish. Don't look at it with a scarcity mindset. Look with an opportunity. What am I going to gain from this? How can I apply my best? How can I make that vision for myself in three years mean what it's supposed to mean? And as you go through that, be inspired by the challenge, be inspired by the cuts and the scrapes and the dings and the dangs and everything else, because it is all making you stronger. What doesn't kill you always makes you stronger. Uh, I invite you guys listening to the podcast, watching it. I'm really growing my YouTube cha YouTube channel and I'm doing shorts all the time. I'm doing tons of videos, inspirational videos. These podcast videos are on there. YouTube.com forward slash the Christopher Rausch, R-A-U-S-C-H. You can go to noexcusescoach.com. You can find it there as well, but go there. I promise you, you're going to get tons and tons and tons of value. I've been doing this show for three years. I'm on episode number 237. We have the unfiltered experience there. I promise you go there, subscribe to the channel, like this video, make some comments, support me and supporting you. Come back here next Tuesday, live for the video cast every week, 7 PM Pacific standard time. And next week it's going to be a solo show. So it's just going to be me and you. So if you have any ideas of what you want me to talk about, send me an email info at noexcusescoach.com. Find me on social media and say, Hey, Chris, I'd love for you to talk about this. Otherwise I'll come up with something and I promise you it will be a value and it'll be something that you can implement today. So go and connect with Tazos. I love you guys. We'll see you here next time on the Ron and scripted show. Go out there and be beautiful and be unstoppable. We'll see you next time. Cheers.